0: Hi, everyone. This is Dr. BCW with Beyond Clinical Walls. I am excited to introduce my next guest, Emma White. She is a pillar in my community as well as nationally and doing so many different things in the space of mental health, suicide prevention, and so much more. I will go ahead and give some of her introduction, but it doesn't do it justice just in respect to all the things that she does. Emma White is the founder and president of the Life is Worth It organization, a nonprofit organization that provides workshops, education, and curriculum for youth and their communities to help prevent suicide. She is also the author of its not okay, but it will be. She's an educator, a mental health advocate, and suicide survivor. She was also selected as the winner of the Jersey Mike's Sub Above Her 2021 award and was the 2022 winner of the Young Professional Network 20 Under 40. She is also a TEDx speaker, and her, the name of her talk is Why We Need a National Health Curriculum to Prevent Suicide in Schools. She is also a youth suicide prevention coordinator for the Nevada Office of Suicide Prevention where she specializes in youth suicide prevention, intervention, and postvention strategies on a federal and state level. She is an accomplished speaker and advocate whose passionate voice and lived experience has gained national acclaim. So Emma Welcome to Beyond Clinical Walls. I want to just kind of share, as I talked about your history and all of the great things that you are doing, I want to share with the listeners, we also know each other personally, and it is an honor to have her on my show. We were both TEDx speakers recently. I'm just so excited for you to hear about her and all the wonderful things that she is doing. So, Emma, welcome, and, and please share with the listeners a little bit about what
1: you do. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just excited to know you and see all of the amazing things that you've been doing since we met and our TEDx talk. Um, Thank you so much for the introduction. As you can probably tell from hearing my introduction, I am so passionate about suicide prevention, especially with our youth, because our youth are struggling so much not only in the state of Nevada, but nationally, and we could say internationally as well. There's so many people that are struggling. Uh, some people think it was because of the COVID pandemic, but it actually exasperated a lot of the issues that were already existing before COVID. So we're seeing a lot of people struggling even more so on top of what they might have already been struggling with before. So I'm so passionate about it. I'm so thankful to be in this work and happy to chat more with you about it today.
0: The pieces that you mentioned, when we talk about mental health, when we talk about suicide prevention, at this time, there is this thought that it's really correlated to COVID. But to your point, this has been happening for so long. And And of course, the the pandemic kind of illuminated it, but it's important to mention this is an issue that deserves attention, needs more awareness and and intervention in any way that we can. And so it's always important when we talk about the love and the, the passion or the drive that you have or someone has for the work that they do to explain why you have that drive. So can you share with
1: us, why do you do what you do? I agree. I think a lot of times we find our purpose and passion through lived experience, no matter what that lived experience is. Um, So yeah, my my passion comes from my own lived experience with suicide. Um, I was 15 years old, and I developed depression. I developed anxiety. This was due to getting bullied at school and harassed on social media and All of the things that were happening in 2010 is when I was 15, and it was very different than now because social media was just kind of getting going a little bit. I mean, we had Facebook and MySpace, but we really didn't know the implications of what was going to happen with social media. When I started getting bullied online and then ultimately getting bullied in person, I had no idea what to do. I thought that I was the only person in the world that was going through that, which we know is not true, but it felt that way when I was 15. And we didn't talk about mental health when I was in high school. Uh, We just didn't talk about we talked about our physical health. But there wasn't this understanding that physical and mental health go together that we need both of them. So when I started to experience anxiety, I quite literally thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know that that's what it was and was scared and sad and was pushing all of those emotions in, which ultimately led me to develop depression. And I had depression for several months. What happens is when you push your emotions down deep, deep down, well, eventually it's going to explode, right? Because it's got to get out of your mind, it's gotta get out of your brain somehow. And so I made a plan to take my life. I after struggling with depression and anxiety for four months, I developed suicide ideation. I thought that the only way to get rid of the pain and the things that I was struggling with was to end my life, which we know is not the answer and doesn't solve the problems, but in the moment it felt like that's what it was. And and for so many people who have thoughts of suicide or who have died by suicide, it's about wanting to end the pain. So um, In December of 2010, that's kind of what happened. But thankfully, my parents intervened, got me the help that I needed. And, um, and then I started my journey of healing. And now I'm here 13 years later, very thankful to be able to share my story and to hopefully make an impact. If it's just one person, that is one more person who didn't take their life. So I'm uh, very passionate about this work. And that's where it comes from. I, you know, that part is so important. The experience
0: that you have, granted, it's not something that you would wish upon anyone. However, the authenticity, the transparency of why you are driven to help save lives and put this work forward is really important to highlight because, you know, we, we think about all of the things that are out there as far as outreach efforts and, and really trying to help people get to the resources that they need. But there is also something to be said about having the ability to Speak what happened, understand what's happening and what has happened to someone, and share your ideas and solutions of what has helped you, as well as, you know, help other organizations really reach more people in the end to save lives. So, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I also want to be intentional and say thank you for being here. And I'm so glad that you didn't end your life. And I think that part is also important to acknowledge. Because every life is, a, is important, is is a gift, and we have to make sure we acknowledge that as well. Thank you again for sharing that. When it comes to the work that you are putting forward, you are um, a TEDx speaker and how you decided to kind of put that work on a, a, a larger s- a stage in hopes of helping more people. Can you share a little bit about your TEDx talk and, and what work you've been doing since your TEDx talk.
1: Yes, absolutely. It was such an amazing time to be able to be around so many great people like yourself and to be inspired really. And um, since the talk, we have really been taking what I spoke about and putting it into plan, putting it into motion. My TEDx talk is about implementing a national health curriculum in schools to prevent suicide. And my organization, Life is Worth It, we are working on doing just that. The whole premise of the talk was was about a curriculum that my organization has and it is a comprehensive health course. So for anybody who is listening, maybe you know of what your state health standards are for high school. Maybe you don't, but a lot of the health standards nationally are very similar for health, which means that they require one semester of health before graduation. Now, I don't know if you think back to your health class. I obviously spoke about my health class and knowing mine, it was not enough time to learn. One semester was not enough time to talk about physical health, mental health, emotional health, and now digital health, which is really a part of life that we're starting to talk about our lives on the internet and how it impacts our in-person lives. So our curriculum is a one-year course or two semesters, and it dives into all of these practical life skills and knowledge that I believe every student deserves to have. Every human deserves to know how to take care of their bodies and their minds and what their choices in their life could mean for not only themselves, but for the people around them, their families and their friends. So we're currently working on that over the next two years, we are planning on piloting The high school curriculum in several high schools in the state of Nevada. And then hopefully we'll be able to implement the curriculum in all high schools in Nevada. And then we'll move forward into implementing it nationwide. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, It sounds stressful even saying it, but I'm so excited. We have a lot of great support um, on board for the curriculum. And we're just really, we can't wait to get it into the hands of our, our students and our schools. This is so exciting. And when I think of your TEDx talk and how you
0: share what you received in high school and w- what type of curriculum you had and how it wasn't enough, and now you have put that forward in a way that can help so many different people, so many different kids um, really receive the mental, physical, and I love that you mentioned digital health that they need. And this is a blueprint that could really help not only the state of Nevada, but schools across the nation. This is wonderful work. And I'm excited that you are, you know, as you mentioned, it's a lot of work, but that drive and passion is there as you continue (laughs) to drive (laughs) forward. And I think that part is huge. And, you know, the other thing I'd like to have you share is Not only you're a TEDx speaker, you've shared your story of why you do what you do, but also let's talk about the work you are doing on a daily basis, because sometimes we hear about people's stories and and why they're doing what they're doing, but you're actually working in the space while you're putting these efforts forward. Can you share about your role that you, what you're currently doing in Nevada in itself in in the school system?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like many people, we're juggling lots of different jobs and different roles, wearing different hats. Um, So I'm very thankful to be in the space that I'm in that I get to work under federal grants, and I get to work with the state of Nevada as well as my organization. So there's a lot of different things going on. So on a statewide level, I'm working on a lot of different implementation strategies, trainings, making sure that our teachers have suicide prevention trainings. So they're getting trained in youth mental health first aid or um, safe talk or assist different levels of trainings so that they know how to spot the signs of suicide among students and then what do they do about it, right? Because it can be stressful, it can be scary. If you don't know what to do, and I'll tell you, I do this for a living and I still get stressed sometimes because it's life and death. So I'm doing that. I do interventions with students as well. And that's one of my favorite things of what I do, part of my job, but it can also be really hard. There's a lot of hurt out there. There's a lot of challenges out there. So I love that boots on the ground approach to not only overseeing strategies and implementation, but also being there in the weeds, in the dirt with someone who is struggling with those thoughts of suicide and being able to access life-saving resources. There's so Much work going on, so much work to be done. I will say that I'm encouraged with our school systems that they are taking initiative. There's more funding now, there's more initiative to implement strategies and to train than ever before. And I think maybe one of the only things that we can thank COVID for was the fact that people are paying attention now and they are listening, whereas maybe before they didn't. And now they're saying, oh, I feel that way, or I know what that's like, or I lost someone to suicide. This is a real issue and we have to step up as communities. We have to. The fact that you
0: are working in this space every day, it really gives, it provides optics into the barriers, the challenges, new things that are coming up that are barriers from before. And so I think that really helps shape your program, your work as you move forward. And I think that is huge. And the other part that you mentioned, there is now more opportunity to really invest in this work based on the pandemic. Now people are seeing more. When we think of like the recent passing of Twitch, here is someone who was representing having it all and and then to hear that he took his life, people can be radiating on the outside, but having a whole internal situation inside, we have to be thoughtful in how we lift that curtain to really find out what is happening to someone. This work that you're doing is so valuable. I'm excited for people to reach out to you and, and hear more. So can you share with me some of the ways that people can reach out to you to hear more about how they could possibly either learn about this program, find a way to connect and actually implement this program. Can you share with the listeners how they can connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to lifeisworthit.org, you will find all of our information about our programs and workshops that we provide. There's information about the curriculum. There's ways to get involved. There's ways to reach out. You can learn more about our board of directors and more about some of my speaking engagements and all sorts of things. So go to lifeisworthit.org and you'll also find our social media. But if you just type us into Facebook or into Instagram, is worth it org, you'll find us as well. Please reach out. I'm so excited to meet as many people as possible because this work is everybody's business. It really is. And we can't prevent suicide alone. We need our communities to do so. You're right. It is everyone's business, you know, in a world right now
0: where there seems to be a lot of isolation or kind of silos. This is a need. There's a need. It should be everyone's business. We need to make it everyone's business and just take the time because it is life or death, and we can't forget that piece. Thank you again for joining Beyond Clinical Walls. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, and I'm excited for listeners to connect with you. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen and digest this uh, information, and more importantly, as I always say, share it. Share it with as many people as you can, because that is how we continue to move towards health equity and move beyond on clinical walls. This is Dr. BCW. Thank you as always.